Welcome to episode 9 of Here, a podcast about the lives of people at Luther College and the Decorah community. I am Pedro Dos Santos. I'm a political science professor here at Luther College and also your host of Here. Uh, today I have William Hatungimana, uh, one of my students. He is graduating this year in, 20, in the spring of 2016. Uh, the last episode I had, episode 8, uh, if you want to check it out, I had Emily Senna, one of my other former students. Uh, these are two of the students that I, was, uh, I worked closely with uh, for four, three to four years here. Uh, William has a very interesting life story. Uh, he is from uh, uh, Rwanda originally, uh, but lived in Swaziland uh, before coming to Luther. So, uh, very interesting story. I you know, love you guys to listen to it uh, and uh, let me know what you think about it. Uh, all right, so without further ado, here is uh, William Hatungimana. All right, so today I have uh, William Hatungimana. Is that right? Hatungimana. Hatungimana. I've been, I've been saying her name wrong. <laughs> the whole four years I've been here, Atun yeah, Gimana. That's a, uh, that's embarrassing. Yeah, everybody. Uh, that's yeah. it's everybody. It's all yeah. so don't worry about that. Yeah. So yeah, William Atun Gimana. So William is a student here at Luther. Has a senior this year, uh, about to uh, about to graduate in a couple months, right? Yeah. If if you pass all your classes. <laughs> Hopefully, but yeah. I'm certain I will. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Good. 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 Uh, all right. So um, let's. Just Talk a little bit about uh, growing up. So, you know, where were you born? And uh, and kind of go from there. What about your parents and things, things like that? So, where were you born? I was born in Rwanda. Yes. Uh, that's where I think I spent my early, I'll call it, childhood, or I'll mm-hmm. say, more an infant, mm-hmm. kind of, and not really, a, a, like, I was around maybe four, something like that. Uh-huh. So your yeah. early childhood. Yeah, yeah. I would yeah. say early childhood. Yeah, yeah. yeah kind of. So from there, I think we had to move for due to circumstances like war, which broke out uh, in 1994 in Rwanda. Uh, so from there, we moved to the DRC, mm-hmm. Democratic Re- Republic of Congo. Yeah, where my mom is from. And uh, my dad is also from Burundi. Uh, so I think if you are from the area, you'll understand that Burundi and Rwanda have a lot of uh, things in common. And uh, so the languages are a little bit similar. And uh, you have Congolese in Rwanda, you have Congolese in Burundi. So that, I think, explains how my mom and dad met. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, so in... Uh, after the war, that was the, uh, I'll say, uh, during the war, I'll say, uh, uh, the genocide. So uh, it wasn't as easy, uh, I'll say, uh, uh, let me say, uh, as difficult, rather, like uh, most of the people, because when we moved, it's like we had a place. Uh, because, but it was difficult to move out of the country. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you the, ca- so you guys moved to the DRC, right? Yeah. Um, so you say your mom is from from Congo, and from your Congo, dad yeah. is from Burundi. Yes. Um, w- the, I'm assuming the decision to move to the DRC was because of family connections, or or was it something else going on? Was it the only option? It was the. I, I would say it was not necessarily the whole, whole the, the the only option, but it it was the likely option. I would say because most of the the refugees, the influx, there was an influx of refugees going into refugees going into to, 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 to Congo. I think that that's the country that had opened doors and 
the better country. And if you look at uh, the the like the history of Rwanda and Burundi, people will choose to go to Congo rather than Burundi because when you look at from nineteen ninety three. There was already conflicts going on in Burundi, and those conflicts, uh, a lot of uh, scholars argue that they might have led to the Rwandan uh, genocide because you had a lot of uh, refugees from Burundi running, yeah, fleeing into into Rwanda. Yeah, so it 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 was a, 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 a I think a reasonable option for 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 us to kind of go to 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 Congo, where. We lived. Uh, we lived with uh, one of my dad's uh, co- colleagues because my dad used to uh, be a preacher in a church. Uh, that was not his work. He used to to do construction, but that was his pastime work. So we we stayed at somebody's house for quite a long time. Yeah, we we had from what I had, we had properties in 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 in, in Congo. But uh, since we had moved to Rwanda, I think they might have been sold. So we stayed there. Uh, so one of the things you, you, you ex- we experienced while sitting, uh, while staying in there, you see that a lot of refugees they don't have homes, and you are look you you're thinking of the sit- uh, the situation that they're trying they're fleeing away from, uh, the killings in 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 in, in Rwanda. Um, I think which have been documented, and I think everybody knows about uh, conflicts uh, between Hutu and Tutsi. Uh, so we get in there, you see all these uh, refugees coming; they don't have, and soldiers in the DRC they are so corrupt, such a way that uh, they are confiscating properties from uh, refugees, uh, and they come in, they just sleep outside you know so in that way i'll say for us uh, we we're fortunate that we had people uh living yeah then cholera broke out so when cholera broke out a lot of refugees and i think you'll understand when there's a, a an influx of refugees there's uh, overcrowding and the disease is likely to spread break, yeah spread yeah. yeah so yeah and we had to move so we moved to another part of DRC, we also stayed for a year. Uh, then from there, we had to move to Tanzania. So you said that, uh, you know, that you, from you understand that your family had some property in in Congo. Mm-hmm. Was it common for? for I mean, your mom is was born in Congo, but was it common for Rwandans to have property in other countries, or is that something that was? I think I think my dad also, although from Burundi. He spent most of his life in Congo. Okay. So I think my family has been moving around and mm-hmm. he spent, I think uh, he did, I think most of his education in Congo. Uh, and uh, I think f- when they got married, they got married in, in Rwanda. They moved for a while in, in, in Congo. I think that's, I don't know how they, they went about having the, the properties, but mm-hmm. somehow they had it. And uh, when they decided to move to Rwanda after being in Congo, they lived just close to the border, the place mm-hmm. called Gisenyi, where I was born. Then later, we moved to Kigali, mm-hmm. uh, where the war kind of found us. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so 
and so you know, and and uh, I'm trying to understand a little bit too, but also to let make other people understand that area is pretty. The borders are pretty porous. Like yes. people, people move Burundi, Rwanda, Congo, and Uganda as well, mm -hmm. right? People move around a lot. Mm -hmm, yeah, you know those areas. So there's not a whole lot of like you know. Uh, well, unless a conflict happens, there's not a whole lot of like you know passport checking, yeah. you know, and uh -huh. like and stopping people from going into visas. So that moving was fairly flexible, right? Yeah, yeah. flexible. And yeah. and and I don't think most of the refugees who were coming in into Congo had uh, the documentation to identify themselves. Uh, so I think I'll say the Congolese government understood the need, so it was easy. But in in the normal situations, situation, I think people can 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 cross. It it's, it just uh, depends on how you talk to the to the officials the border, and the, 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 the yeah. border, and sometimes uh, there are other way you can circumvent the border and just cross. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So okay. yeah, normally, uh, I, I, it's it's not very difficult. Mm -hmm. I'll say yeah. Right, so, so you guys moved further uh, in the Congo and then moved to Tanzania. Moved to Tanzania, yeah. which was a, a boat trip, <laughs> very scary. Uh, uh, we had uh, th there was an option of a of a ship trip, but <laughs> it was expensive. So if you know the Lake Tanganyika, it's uh, one of the biggest uh, lakes in the world. It shares a border with uh, Burundi, Congo, Zambia, and Tanzania. So we crossed the, the leg to, to to Tanzania from the DRC, a place called Uvira. Yeah, and the, in the night, that was the waves were coming. It was a wooden boat, <laughs> so it was rocking, you know. Uh, and uh, it was a very scary situation in such a way that we had... Uh, uh, should I call it the captain? I don't know if you call it captain of a boat, but whoever was in control. Yeah. Uh, actually, uh, saying some weird sounds, I think it goes with beliefs in, in, in Congo, talking to the sea, some some kind of belief. Uh, he, I don't know. So he was talking to the, to the sea, like telling the sea to calm. So that's how bad it was. So we survived the night and the morning was calm, very calm, and we go to a place in Tanzania called Kigoma. Yeah, so in Kigoma, we stayed for a while. It, it's very hard to remember how my parents knew the people we were living with. You know, how old were you at the time? Uh, I think there I was around maybe five or six, I'll say. Mm -hmm. So we are getting, uh, we, we, once we get uh, in in in, in in, in, in Kigoma, we end up living with this family for a while. Then we take a train. Then we move. Uh, we took a train. Then we moved. We moved to Dar es Salaam, where we also stayed for a while. Uh, then from Dar es Salaam, we decided to move. I think the destination, the intended destination from Congo, was Malawi. So from uh, Dar es Salaam, we took a bus trip uh, to another place in, in Tanzania. Then from there, we also we took another bus uh, to a place uh, near the border of Malawi. Then from there, 
we were, as in us, as in children, we we were kind of carried by some locals on the back of their bikes, and that's how we crossed the, the, the border. But my parents, since we didn't have documentation, they had to like cross the river they, they had to wade into the river and actually find to find their way into malawi yeah so from there it was another long journey uh to a place called muzuzu in malawi then we continued uh until we got to Lilongo, which is the capital city uh getting there then we had to declare ourselves as refugees in in malawi so I don't know how the process went about, but it was a it was a it was a long process of interviews, and yeah, finally we accepted. Then we went to Malawi. So, so the the idea is that you, uh, when you were in the country, you can declare yourself uh, a refugee. A refugee, yeah. But but you have to get in the country. You have to get in illegally, the country, illegally, right? You yeah. know, to so you have to cross. It's interesting. So so you, your family was. Did, did you, was it just your family moving like this or was it more than just your family together? I think from Rwanda to Congo it was it was a, it was a, it was like a, a, a throng of, of people moving together it's, it's because a lot of refugees uh, so it was sometimes we walked sometimes we got lucky we got transportation but in uh, from from the DRC it was just my family mm-hmm. uh, uh, so yeah, we, yeah. So it was just my family, and I think it, it it was easier that way because you feel like even if you don't know people, if you're moving in a group, you feel like you have some kind of uh, responsibility if somebody uh, stays behind or something like that. Yeah. So, so from there we got to Malawi. Uh, Malawi went into the refugee camp. It was, I think, it was a. Former, it was like a, yeah, a former army barracks, which was turned into a refugee camp, uh, and which kind of living in a, like dormitories. Uh, it was like a, a room full of beds, and families could just use a curtain to kind of split. Uh, the, the and, and the refugee camp in Malawi was mostly for Rwandans, or were there other there are other from people other from different places, Burundi, Rwanda, Congo, even though. The war really broke out in Congo around 1996, uh, but uh, the the refugee camp I think accepted because that's a very volatile place when you look at uh, the uh, Congo, Rwanda, Burundi. So I think they're accepting people considering the fact that it's a it's a very volatile place. Yeah. So we had also Somalians. Uh, we had people from Ethiopia. Uh, yeah. So it was a, a diverse kind of. Uh, uh, group of refugees living in one place, yeah, and it was I'll say living in a dorm and just splitting by by curtains uh, by by like piece of materials or clothing. It's it's very difficult, so you have to find a, a way to kind of coexist. People have different interests. Uh, and, and so, yeah, regardless, it's very loud, right? Loud, There's no way yeah, around. Yeah, kids yeah. there. Uh, some are just single. Yeah, so you kind of find a way to, to live together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it was a, it was it was it was a quite a long stay in my in my life. I think a, a, another year. So, uh, and uh, yeah, we stayed for a year, but sc- school wasn't wasn't 
very uh very good and i think that's was the reason my parents decided let's move i will find a place where we can can get uh better schooling yeah so i think maybe around yeah six years or something like that yeah i, I know i keep on I, i'm not very my my it's it's very vague and remembering yeah. yeah so from there i went to we went to Switzerland. i think in Switzerland, uh with Switzerland, it was uh we arrived there in 1996 so we passed through mozambique uh so we had to walk from i think from malawi going close uh to a place close to the border we took a bus we had to walk for distances again to go around the border. So you see how porous the borders can be. You yeah. just have to find the, the right people there to kind of take you around it. And we didn't meet any soldiers or any guards or anything to kind of stop us. Uh -huh. So it was just easy. So we got to a place called Be Beira in Mozambique. So from Beira, we moved and we went to a place called Tete, I think. It's known for, is it copper mining or, or coal mining uh, in, in Mozambique. So from there, we moved to we went to Maputo mm -hmm. so when we go to Maputo we did we had no interest of staying in in there it was just a like a, a, a pass we just passing through Mozambique. It's got a required stop yeah, right yeah, you have to stop, stop somewhere yeah. so in Mozambique we stayed for about weeks then from there uh we then crossed to Swaziland which was Swaziland I think the border was a bit uh kind of tight in terms of security so we had people who knew how to go around it but uh, i think we, uh, we're very un unlucky lucky or unlucky following what happens later <laughs> so we, we cross the border and these soldiers comes and shooting up you know and the guns you know sounds and you're like oh you're like you just escaped this thing from rwanda it's like yeah. years back <laughs> now you're thinking oh now guns again no, we lie down, they search us, and they take to their, us to their barracks, and they give us food, we eat, then they send us to the police, because we just, my parents told them that we were refugees, and you know, we're seeking for asylum. So, from there, we went to, a, we stayed for, in a police station for a while, I think for two weeks, in a police station, in a place called Simonia in Swaziland. Uh, then, from there, my parents went to the same process, like in Malawi, questioning and interviews and when we crossed i think when we crossed when we crossed swaziland we had another family with us uh which was also interviewed and they were rejected because the camp was full and we were accepted so we didn't know the terms <laughs> yeah. in which they were so you never know yeah. but whatever happened i think we're very lucky to to to, to be accepted because uh I won't say the camp was the best place to be, but uh, I think the most important was uh, getting the education. I think w the UN uh, was providing education for for for, for young, mm -hmm. so that's when I started going back to school again. Uh, so it was coming from Central Africa. Normally, I think like school is. I think they saw. I'll say it's very. They make it very challenging when you get to like uh english colonized countries you find like things are, are a bit easier no really yeah that's a, that's what you tend to experience so it was school early stage primary it was very easy it was it was, it was, it was easy, easy catch up it, it was easy catch up but the english maybe was the problem 
I, I couldn't speak. I remember trying to say something to one of my teachers. Uh, I don't even remember. And she looked at me and just, you know, it was kind of, I know, it's a pity because it's like, this guy is trying to say something to me, mm-hmm. but he can't. But I caught, I think I was quick to learn the language, the local language than English because mm-hmm. English was only spoken in class, uh, in class uh, and in school rather than outside. So learning Siswati and that kind of facilitated uh, uh, my living and interacting with people outside of school right? outside of school and everything so english i caught up with english as i went through uh through school yeah so from there i think it was the longest place we stayed i think we stayed there yeah for about uh uh, we stayed there for about uh 20 years or something uh so yeah for yeah we from there i went to a primary school where I started uh, it was uh, called the um, Nazarene school then from there I moved to another rural school this, this the fe- the first school was better in terms of facilities the sec- I we had to move to another school because the UN I think I don't know if they were running out of funds or what was going on I don't know what they, they probably going. had deals with different schools <laughs> yeah, right and so they yeah. had to kind of yeah so we moved to another school yeah which was very it, it was a that was a I don't know from from my position like the situation we were in, all of us as in refugees, the children in the camp, you know, you, you, you know, it, it wasn't as difficult as one would think, you know. Mm-hmm. It's like during rainy season, the same class that we were being uh, taught in, you find uh, in the morning, you find kind of goats, <laughs> goats kind of using it as shelter. <laughs> so we have to chase them out. You know, and clean the place before early morning. Actually, yeah, <laughs> early morning. Yeah, and because the class had no doors and everything. Yeah, so it was it was it was a bit just so you can just feel the smell of the the coats. Yeah. It's like, yeah. But anyways, you see, I I don't know. As a child, I didn't have that realization that hey, at least I'm learning. But we didn't really care about it. Yeah, now I can say at least I was getting an education. Yeah. You know, uh, so. It was just I say normal to us as in yeah the camp was it wasn't it's know, part of the routine right yeah, the routine. you learn the routine and you yeah. don't question because you don't know anything else yeah, right? yeah they, so it went on and went on for a while not that we didn't envy other people's life we did as we see other people's with toys and better exercise books better uh, uniforms and shoes yes we did but anyways we also get we getting education and uh, so we went through primary school. From primary school, I went to high school, which was just close to the refugee camp. It's called Mbaga High School, where I spent five years. It was in also the best high school. Uh, it was another rural high school. If an old, yeah, it was. It, I think it was known for it has it had good status back before I arrived. But when I arrived, it was everything that had gone. It's not the same anymore. Yeah, everything was wasn't the same anymore. So, yeah, uh, it, it, I think it was a it was a good good f- five years. I would say, uh, like when when I was in my high school, I I get there form one first. It it wasn't as difficult. Like oh, high school, you know, they scare you when you go to high school. Mm-hmm. They tell you about all this. You you've never done algebra. You've never in primary school and and all equation. They tell <laughs> you about equation. You get there. You're just like oh, okay. So you go on, and 
you really don't have mentors. Like for me, is you're living in the camp, you just hear people, oh, we have these professions and everything, but they're not working. You're like, oh, what's, what's the point of schools, you mm-hmm. know? But, and school that maybe half so, of... So staying focused is hard, right? It's, yeah. uh, it's, yeah. it's very hard. And you're like, let me just go to school, you know? You just, the pressure is from your parents. Go to school, go to school, you know? Mm-hmm. Go to school. And you look at your parents like, yeah, you've been to school. What are you doing now? You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> those are questions that you can ask, but you just go to school. That you want to you, ask. Right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you, you, you go, uh, it, it was, and you find that the school itself, you find that maybe half, half of the people, maybe, 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 maybe exaggerate, maybe, maybe three quarters of, uh, of you are going to go to the next class and the other quarter is just going to fail. And the system is if you fail, you stay behind. So the, the passing rate was not very, very good. Uh, it's, uh, so, and passing, 50% was passing. So even those who were passing, they were not really passing with high grade. So we went, and if you're in a school like that, you really, your aims are not as high as people in better schools. Mm-hmm. So you go on, you just trust your intelligence. It's like, oh, okay, I'm doing good. And when you then we write in form three, we wrote the national exam. That's when you can really test yourself because you're competing against that. Comparing, also you compare to the people, right? Yeah. yeah. So I did well. I went now to high school. So, so you got three years. Then you do a national. They call it uh, JC exam, the junior exam. Uh, So you do that. Then you go to uh, to to high school. Yeah, high school it was very challenging because there is this sense of uh kind of defeatism like you're so pessimistic because you haven't it's like out of the form students who graduate from high school maybe two or three will go to the university mm-hmm. so the school is not that good you're like what am i going to do here mm-hmm. nobody is there pushing you it's like maybe you you'll be the only one going there you know it's like you can just feel the spirit all around it's like uh you know, uh, morale is not very high, yeah, right? Morale. It's yeah. like, yeah, I'll probably finish this, maybe go work in a store, a jet. That is, jet is the, is the one of uh, the the the, the kind of the popular stores in 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 Switzerland. So, or any other store where you're gonna get, not a living wage, but something that you can try. I don't think even the concept of living wage works <laughs> in that country. You don't really know because to people do a lot of things to to actually live. They might have farms. They might do other things on the side. So, yeah. So yeah, uh, we went on, and I was lucky to meet. I think I found a, a very good friend. Yeah, a very good friend. He was very. He was older than me, and I think he was more focused. Uh, and I I remember my first uh, year of high school we just sat and said yeah you see he was talking to me it's like we should we know what gonna what happens in this school not a lot of people go to the university but let's see let's try and see so we had a plan we didn't really follow it yeah. religiously <laughs> but we had the plan yeah so and the difficult thing the teachers are not also motivated because uh, we don't really finish the syllabus so we go on because we use the same from four from five we use the same books and every uh and the same material that we just we just carry in the next class uh so we get to form five like second term that is where we're gonna be tested for our mock exam before the actual exam we realize that it's 
it it yeah that's it it was crunch time it was time we really have to now start focusing and thinking about our future so uh we come up with a plan is uh, because i was living in the refugee camp so uh there was a, a room it's kind of a dilapidated building and we we decided okay, i said i'm gonna clean this this room i had learned some few things about electronics so i was i just installed the lamps and yeah, it, it became a study room yeah and uh we we were studying there then like trying to cover all the syllabus that was not covered in getting uh like past exam papers practicing uh and uh we had uh, friends who joined us but they were not as as keen and dedicated as i think as us yes they came one of them came and we went to write a test and he got a better grade than <laughs> he he usually gets and he kind of passed the word around and so we had a lot of people coming which was not very good <laughs> but we told ourselves that yeah they're gonna see that things are intense here they are not gonna cope with us when they will see us up for a long time and they are not really so some kind of natural selection happening there <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah so yeah at the end a lot of them left again after coming uh i don't know if it was good or bad too but <laughs> if you think people get excited few, about yeah, it yeah, and it's like oh yeah. but you know i don't know part of it is just uh, you know what am i gonna do with this anyway right yeah. you know yeah so yeah. we get there we're like okay uh we continue uh we write our final exam and we, we we did quite well we did quite well yeah but for him i think he was he had the problems in english so i think he didn't do well as, as so he couldn't go to university that's i think that's the colonial aspect of our education system you have to pass english even though you you can write your answers in physics in english mathematics you understand the question in english but you still have to pass english to go mm -hmm. Uh, yeah, uh, to 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 the university, so he couldn't go to the university. I couldn't go to the university. I was accepted because uh, I didn't have scholarship. Uh, scholarship was only uh, given to the Swazi. Swazi, yeah. So uh, then I waited for a year. I was just moving around trying to uh, find a job, and I worked in a. I worked in a in a in a air condition uh, air condition company. They were installing air conditioning air conditioners around and fixing fridges so i worked there for a while because i think i was a little bit handy i, I used to just things and fix things and yeah so i was i learned the job quite quickly and uh yeah we were installing air conditioners and uh fix it. it was a it was a I, i think i was earning something at least yeah but i took it as a way of just learning another kind of skill cool. trade you know how, how is it uh, for refugees in terms of like working as it you know is it legal to work uh you know do you get a different wage uh, -huh. uh how does that work i think for swazi for underdeveloped country you know when you come to formalities it's they're not as serious as in uh, developed countries so you can get away with it but there are some refugees who worked in formal settings mm -hmm. uh, with the documentation there was some yeah there was some documentation given to them that they could work. but for us there wasn't a contract it was an informal it was informal you just meet a person i'm gonna pay you a thousand rents per per month and that's all you go to work every yeah you hope that he's not gonna change Happy with that, right? yeah. yeah yeah so 
that was it yeah so for that year i worked and uh i also started some form of business i call it's just informa we used to cross the border to mozambique and get some secondhand clothing and sell them and it was quite profitable yeah so it's it's like i had learned how to take care of myself because i wasn't depending on my my mm-hmm. parents uh, yeah so yeah for a year then i went to write the exam uh the testing exam uh at the same time i also was applying for a nursing uh for for to twenty twenty i was applying to a nursing college in in Switzerland uh so i had deciding to apply for for a nursing college was just in finding an easy way out mm-hmm. just something that you yeah, think you'll be able to be get yeah, a job guarantee and, a job and yeah. everything and i was also applied to the to the uwc waterford gum club in Switzerland. so yeah i went uh you know it's it's you don't really have hope when you're writing those tests because it's it's like the whole nation has hopes in uh in uh, not not the whole nation most of the students who are there uh and the country regards that school is a very uh, prestigious school so you have a lot of people going there trying to uh get in and so you see that the competition is so high there's this basketball hall we are in there sitting there desks around and you're like you feel like i'm i'm not smarter than all those these mm-hmm. people you know you sit down there you just write it's like i'm just going to answer as this question comes to me i'm just going to answer and see how it's going to happen really you feel so you don't have the hope but you just say let me do it so that i can know just read it's yeah, almost like a lottery read. then yeah. yeah so you pay that 100 uh back f- uh, for for application then you write it then you leave and that's for the wc or for the that for the uwc entrance yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, for, so, uh, explain uh, like a little bit what uwc is too I mean, you're going to get to that in a little bit but uh, yeah. explain to a little bit what, what uwc is cuz a lot of people don't know like i didn't <laughs> know what uwc was until i became i came here to teach right yeah So UWC I think uh, it's a school UWC stands for United World Colleges. I think what they aim to is uh, bringing us students from different parts of the world and trying to integrate them in one community where they can learn different things about others and uh, tolerate differences uh and uh you really you see people from the United States from Mexico uh, from uh, Indonesia you know you see people from all of the part of the globe coming together and it's so strange you say in Switzerland you know mm-hmm. yeah in that small country some kind of microcosm you know people are all coming together and the syllabus is set in a way that they is in every part whether science or, or or english or anything there is always that element of uh diversity uh find a way to think about things not in a very uh, in a very narrow sense or kind of having a tunnel, tunnel view about everything you just have to spread so you find that the critical question that you're going to ask in science when you're answering your question and we also had a, a, a subject called TOK it's called critical thinking a theory of knowledge uh so we had to critically think about issues uh, different things around the world different phenomena around the world uh thing that's when you get a lot of people start questioning their religions actually <laughs> because you get a lot of questioning and you see how tough you are and you really stand in what you, you 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 say you believe in you know 
and i think that also helps in a way in that environment you're trying to bring people together it's like what my thoughts about this person you know you really see do they really help me in some way yes. you restart questioning yourself. everything right yeah, yeah. yourself as you have this assessment uh, of, of, your, of yourself and i think when you start you start seeing things coming together more than thing being so separated mm -hmm. yeah and i think they this way so we have like internet uh we have a uwc day where we celebrate uh, uh, each other's uh traditions and cultures and everything yeah so they are all this and the school has programs different programs that we find a way to integrate people you know mm -hmm. to promote that diversity and s teachers from different places around the world yeah and, and also because uh, uh, is not just in swaziland it's not in swaziland you have in costa rica yeah. german has just recently opened one there's no way there is no atlantic college in is it in ireland yeah i think so uh there is one in uh, uh singapore mm -hmm. Yeah, so it's kind of kind of spread, and uh, the UWC uses the IB program, which uh, which is I think is more advanced because after high school you take two years in there. So, uh, yeah, and it, it I'll say it's very rigorous. When you're coming from high school, you get in there. It's like you think you are the best student, and you get there, you you get you you, you start you start questioning yourself for a while <laughs> but at the end you catch up and yeah, yeah. so yeah so you're taking the exam right you took the exam just for because you had to right because yeah the exam uh, the, the exam i took it uh that was the interest like as i was explaining the whole concept of a uwc it, uh i think the exam doesn't really translate that the exam is just like getting in Getting the first in, step, right? The yeah. first step. Uh, so, uh, going back to where I was uh, before I got, uh, I got it. So as I was talking about how I felt like I, I, I had no chance. Yeah. So I wrote, I wrote the test. I uh, for for a while, and I started focusing on the, the nursing college. I was accepted there, the nursing college. Yeah, yeah. My family was happy, and everybody was uh, was happy about it uh, so i had started my orientation start going there and the problem was now uh, payment and my mother was also doing the same uh he was she was doing she was selling clothes and uh, mm -hmm. and uh, my mother uh, she took a big chunk of her savings and she put which was in i think it's something one should be say i'm going to school and be happy about but you're not really because it's, there is a deficiency in another area because money is now focused on your education mm -hmm. there's a lot, a lot more pressure right? yeah you know like everything is on that it's just on that and it, it's not like saying if you're gonna live up to that pressure but it's saying who's losing you know maybe that money should be going on some something else rather than just focusing on this one mm -hmm. regardless of my hard work but you can't think you know uh yeah so yeah i start my orientation i go there just a few a week into my orientation I get a call from the UWC that I was accepted. Yeah, I didn't know how to react. <laughs> yeah, it was just I was just calm and collected. I was like everybody was coming. Oh, my parents and everything. And I was like, yeah. Then I went there and they told me what is what I was what I was going to do. What how I should prepare myself. So there I was in the UWC. So it was a good two years uh, meeting people. It was tough because you, you look at the the separation, the the, the split in terms of. Uh, 
how people are placed in terms of economics, you know, economy of, in an economical sense, I would say, people are, some people are wealthier than you, you're looking at yourself, but you just appreciate you being there. Mm-hmm. Some people are on scholarship, others yeah, are so not, right? Scholarships, yeah. yeah. So I was like, yeah. So, but you, you you find a way to make friends and live, and it was a good, and there are, there are a lot of people, uh, there, are, there are a lot of good people who make you feel feel comfortable and people you can really talk to. Mm-hmm. So it was a very good and good place mm-hmm. uh, to be for that two years. Uh, Location-wise, it was also a good place. <laughs> yeah, yeah. it was just on the hill and you, the scenery was so beautiful. I could run up the mountain sometimes if I wanted to exercise. And for our soccer practices, we also had sometimes to run Go uphill. Uh, uphill. <laughs> so yeah, uh, I think I, I learned a lot in terms of opening up my mind I think before I went to to the UWC, I was very kind of religious and everything. So it's my mind was, I wouldn't say I was uh, very dogmatic. I wouldn't say that, but my mind was not as open. Mm-hmm. As, although I was reading a lot because my reading was, I used to read a lot of brochures, like religious brochures. Oh, yeah. yeah, I would read a lot of brochures. And, and so I, what, and what religious uh, religion it was It is a Protestant uh, kind of, it is branch, I think, I didn't know what we called our, I just used to go to church. I didn't know how to call our so it was denomination. Church, it was a yeah. Christian. I don't know how to call our, I should call our denomination, the denomination that I, I kind of was affiliated with. But yeah, so, but we had all these brochures, we read, we mm-hmm. read the Bible. And uh, so, yeah, it was, it was going to church on Sundays, having prayer meetings on Wednesdays and uh, Fridays we had to cut our uh, s- soccer time short sometimes that which was very sad and everything <laughs> and go and pray and everything yeah so yeah I think it was the way of of, of living and and, and say in, in in a situation where few people is hope is kind of very uh, scarce I would say I think religion kind of helps mm-hmm. you know when people meet and pray and believe you know. Uh, and how they explain things rather than saying uh, the world is against us or nothing rather than saying God is going to provide that makes somebody psychologically mm-hmm. build somebody build some hope right yeah, yeah some hope and I'll say without having that I will see some people maybe going crazy or something in a in a camp setting in a refugee camp setting mm-hmm. yeah so that, that that was that was that was good interesting and I think it helped me for that moment mm-hmm. yeah so yeah, and so getting to a UWC, yeah, this, you, uh, it's becoming critical and you start thinking about things deeply. Uh, so from there, I applied to Luther and other schools. Then I, uh, I had applied things uh, to, I had applied to Wartburg, I had applied to uh, Lake Forest, I had applied to, I think, Skidmore in New York, and I had applied to a Westminster somewhere in Missouri. Mm-hmm. So I got accepted here. Uh, and and the other schools, uh, but the offers. I think the scholarship always plays a role in a way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, because the thing is, uh, UWC also has kind of a a deal with certain universities, yes, universities like colleges, yeah, universities in the United yeah. States, and you have the Davis Foundation the that provides some of the, the, the funds, but but other yeah. money comes from different comes places. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I think that makes it easy, as in, to for student to get accepted because there is already that. Uh, 
part of a scholarship being taken care of. Yeah. So did you even know where Iowa was before applying? Uh, I didn't know. I didn't know. I could. I couldn't even spot it on the you know the map of the United States. I know that America had fifty states, and I could name few of them. And I know where the United States was, <laughs> but uh, I didn't know where. Midwest, you know, we talk about West Coast and East Coast. I could just, There's those are things you yeah. hear. Uh, well, like West Coast and East Coast, if you listen to rap, you you know about that. <laughs> that's about it, right? <laughs> yeah, that's, a, that's about it. But uh, other than that, you don't really know what is happening. Yeah. And yeah, it's 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 funny. It's it's like you have, it's, you think it's like this, you have this, I think, monolithic kind of sense, you know, it's like, yeah, America is this like you see those tower, like towering building in in New York and uh, and Chicago and all that place, Boston. You think every place is like every, yeah, I think everything is urban, urban, right? Urban, yeah. and you're like, oh, maybe you can just see maybe when you if you listen to country songs, then you can talk. See, listen, people talking about the rural areas, they'll talk about ranches and all these things. But you don't see that. But as you much don't really TV, picture. Right? Yeah. You don't picture it. Then you like yeah. and you watch. These cowboy movies, maybe, but they are so outdated that they are old. You think, ah, oh, that's the old America. That's not like, yeah. Uh, yeah. So that those uh, that's the I think that that's the kind of the, the the vague kind of uh, clue I had. It's such a glimpse of America, you know. Coming here, so it was a very different experience. You get to Saint Paul's, you alight on the plane, then I. You you get a bus while you're moving here. You're saying that okay, I think we are going deep into the rules now. <laughs> you see, you're leaving the cities. You Cause know, you got, if I flew yeah. in Chicago or Minneapolis, Minneapolis, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so you see, you see, Amish moving with their cars, and you're like, what is going on here? And <laughs> horses, and I'm like, where am I going? And you start seeing cornfields and everything. Uh, normally, I think I think when when we got here, it was. I think that they would already maybe harvested or something. I think, it's, is it harvest time? I think so, maybe. Because they were not, they didn't have like corn and everything. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But you could see that these are fields and everything. Yeah. And you see, you know, uh, and you could see these are farmhouses and everything. So, and you, so some, I don't know, I think the excitement that you're coming to college in a different country kind of takes away all the worries. Mm -hmm. You're not really worried, but you're wondering where you're going, yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> what did I sign up for? Right? Yeah. So you yeah. come here, you get here, uh, you get here. First night, you, you get to get through your jet lag, first of all, before you start worrying about everything. But orientation starts very soon. They start moving you around and everything. Yeah. You start running around. You start getting acquainted with the place, you know, of Kanda Klama. So it's, yeah, and you start catching up with time. It's like, okay, I'm from a country that we are very flexible with time. And when they say, get here this time here, you find that you have to get there this time. Class so, starts at nine. So like nine. Right yeah. Now, so, yeah. yeah, for my, like, few classes, I had a tendency of, I think, five minutes late. That's it. And I feel good. I wouldn't even worry. Five minutes late. I'm like, oh, <laughs> it's five minutes. Come on. Yeah. yeah I'm being so, nice. <laughs> yeah. So that was, like, the tendency. I was like, I didn't care. And some some professor will be concerned about it and everything. But, yeah, it, it, in terms of, uh, like, getting adjusted to the place. I think the food was, was very difficult to kind of get used to. You come in the cafe. First of all, you're excited. Oh, it's a, it's a buffet. You look okay, at all this thing. First time you eat, you say, it sounds good. It tastes good. And you start seeing the same thing coming up and you're like, ah, oh, okay. You know, but 
once you're a student, you are so pre- you're preoccupied with your work. You just wanna eat to write to have the energy to do whatever you wanna do. <laughs> You know, but sometimes they're good. There's good food. It's not like every time. Sometimes they surprise you with good things, and you're like, uh, sometimes you really find, yeah. But I, I, I like the fact that you, it's balanced. You know, you have vegetables, you have fruits, and everything. Uh, and there's definitely an adjustment in terms of like the way food is set up, right? Say set and up. Again, you know, the college good. setting is not the normal American setting. Yeah. Right. But you know, but it gives you. When you come in, it's it's a completely different. Yeah, I had the same kind yeah, of experience yeah, when I moved yeah. in. I was like, man, I can get sandwiches, salads, and <laughs> you know, and 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 chicken and all that. I can get all this, and it's all yeah. the same price. Yeah. And right? you're like, Type of thing. I get, yeah, I can, I can have, I can drink as much as I can. You know, you like, you see, you just go there and but you drink as much as you can. You're yeah. like, oh, that that's very good. And you're like, what? You know, back home, I know. I'm not saying Coca Cola is, is is a luxurious good, but. You don't drink your like, you like water, water, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so there you just get it overflowing. It's more like a fountain. You think, oh, look at this, yeah. you know. But yeah, so it, it's kind of it, it gets you excited. But after a while, you know, I think. Oh, well, get you, used to it too. Right? Get it used to it. Like, yeah, it a normal. <laughs> then thing, you start right? being so, so critical about it. Yeah. You're like, oh, okay, now I'm better. I can't be critical. Then yeah. you say that. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. 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 And. It's class. It's class. I think class what kind of makes you know you. It's 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 very it's very I think fascinating in a way and sometimes. You get irritated. Sometimes you 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 find amusing stuff to laugh about. You know it's kind of mixed and you find different feelings from professors of what you say. Different feelings from students. I think when I got here, I thought. When you're talking about, let me say, politics and anything, <laughs> I would think every idea, everything is very idealistic. You know, people are talking because they haven't been in it. Talking theory, right? Yeah, yeah, theory. It's like they put everything there in theory. I'll do this, I'll do this. And you look at the practicality and it's like, is this, can you very implement this in the real world? And you start seeing how critical. And I think being, knowing that makes you a student who might, say things that people might not like because you're being realistic. Let me say if somebody's talking about, uh, I know Luther is a very, uh, it's sustainable campus. They think about uh, sustainability much. They start talking about that. They talk about pollution and everything. And as a student, you look at it, you're like, yeah, you're concerned about that. This is what, let me say, let me say you hear Clinton saying, uh, like in the campaign, we find a way to work with the whole world to fund and bring the problem of climate change together. And you have students commenting about it, and you, you say, "Yeah, we have to find a way." The whole world It's like the first thing is student thing is like the whole world is coming together and making this decision, and if this decision is suitable for the whole world, but you're you're ignoring the other factors, poverty and everything. Although in the long run, you might say it's yeah. Taking care about the environment is more important, but you know, you see, people are dying of hunger and all the things. So, I'll tell you, a person in a war-torn country or in an underdeveloped country wouldn't mind uh, 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 fumes spread in the sky while people have jobs. Mm-hmm. I can give you a simple example. Uh, let me say, if uh, uh, let me say, if 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 you have a community, yeah, women. Who, let me say who are being taken advantage of because of their 
uh, economic status in the society and because of the tradition. Like, let me say there's that fume, <laughs> kind of fumes, that those fumes from the factory spreading around. But that woman tends to get a job. She goes, she gets empowered. She's no more, maybe, she's less likely to just, uh, 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 to just uh, get into a relationship for economic reasons with a man than that. So let me say they're empowered in that way. And relative, let me say, life expectancy grows because of that economic development mm-hmm. in that society. So, that, you know, there are unintended health consequences. Yeah, yeah. But there's also but there's unintended rel- positive. Positive thing, yeah. yeah. So, like, yes, let me say it is 30, 30, 30 life expectancy, 30 years. That's an example. And it increases it to 10. But in normal circumstances, if there was no pollution and everything, it would have been to, 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 let me say, to 50. Let me say, let me say if there was no pollution. Mm-hmm. Let me say there was development going on which does not include pollution. Let me say the life expectancy will have gone to 50. But the fact that there's that factory, it also it has gains. You have that 10 years, let me say 40, and uh, it moves the life expectancy to 40, but it still has the pollution. Let me say it takes it down. to. Uh, but that gain for a person who has been uh, using an underdeveloped country where there are no jobs, mm-hmm. a person might, might, might take that. So those are things that you find saying from reality. You can say, you, you just say, because you you have seen, you have been in that kind of experience. A lot of people get jobs from the factory. It reduces crime too. This is another part of mm-hmm. this. You see all those things. You kind of say, like, okay, so how are we going to come with the common solutions if we are so different the way we look at things? So that's when you see how now that, idea of bringing the world together breaks down you know so those are things you find your responses are kind of based on that that mm-hmm. realization rather than the person whose uh uh views are based on this idea because person tend to be in a very developed country one of the powerful uh, the powerful country i would say uh in the world and the economy the greatest economy in the world maybe in history that's what they say mm-hmm. and uh, so you look at it Obviously, you you feel that this person sees has more guilt of the damage to the environment than the person who is more concerned. Yeah. yeah, so you can feel the need, but that's but you still have separate views. Mm-hmm. So those are things that you can clash upon. And political, when you talk about foreign policy, uh, it's you get into is uh, in conflicting views on things. You like, oh, okay, what do you think about? This president is a dictator. Then you look at it on his views. How are you basing that on? You know, uh, and you are calling him a dictator. What are the people saying? Maybe the people voted him to power. I think the whole case started bringing is a Hugo Chavez case. I'm just talking about it. It's like people have voted for him. Yeah. I don't know how I should call him, but anyways, uh, it's it's kind of very difficult to say who, who the person is. You know, uh, and celebrated heroes. You know. We have different, I like, I can celebrate Lumumba. Somebody else might come. He was a communist. Mm-hmm. That just dismisses whatever his personality and whatever he did it for the country. Yeah. So, and uh, can't talk about Kwame Nkrumah, the same thing. Somebody can dismiss him as a, as a, as a, as a, as a, as a communist. Let's talk about, uh, uh, in America, let's, uh, 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 W.E. Du Bois. Mm-hmm. 
people talk about it. It's a communist. Uh, you know, that's how they look at it. And it's like he ended up going to, to that's where he died in, in Ghana. You know, you see that person, how do you view him? But I think people then forget that. I think we should look at the time now, mm -hmm. how you judge a person. They judge him that way in the past, but that's not how you judge him. I think you have a, a, a broad sense and better tools of trying to assess person, uh, person's personalities or the person's uh, contribution to the yeah. society. And their objectives at the time too. Yeah, right? yeah. So the means to get the objective. Yeah. Too, so. so, yeah, I think that's where you find yourself kind of, you know, and I think the fact that people of different places see things in a different, different mm -hmm. cultures see things in a different, different ways. Yeah. yeah. So we do find quite, but anyway, I think that brings a very good environment for, for learning. And I think I do appreciate that people actually question what I'm saying. And I do question what they're saying. I think that's the whole point of coming to school. And uh, although people might be ignorant or are very, have, uh, uh, have a narrow minded view of what you're talking about. I think I, I do have my narrow-mindedness too. Exactly. I, I, right. I cannot claim that I, I I'm always broad-minded in whatever I say. I mean, again, you bring yeah. a different perspective. Perspective, you bring a different, yeah. you know, life experience than than, than other yeah. students, and yeah. that, that just makes things. And more the good things, whatever difference we have, we might find us playing soccer together after, uh, you know, and we, that will just stay in class. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah. That's yeah. good. So when you when you came in, like. Um, did you know already what you wanted to major in? You, you ended up as international studies and economics. Is that ended up being yeah, your majors? Ma major. I came uh, wanting to do international studies and economics. I, I think economics. I think I started liking economics when I was high school. We didn't have a teacher, and we started doing. We started teaching ourselves <laughs> economics. So when I went to UWC, I started. I I I, I took an economic course. That's when I when I started. Yeah. Uh, I think initially I wasn't even inter interested in politics. I think economics introduced me to politics, and I started doing things in a, <laughs> in a in a very yeah. The only thing I'll say yeah, politics. The only time when I kind of look at politics is when I try to explain what happened in my country. In uh, what is happening in the world and everything. So it was like, I will see things, I will say, this is, this is, you hear the news, but you have this vague sense of whatever. You can't conceptualize it, you know. I don't know everything, if everything can be conceptualized, mm -hmm. but you can't conceptualize. But you want to find some You want to find some right? questions. Yeah. But it wasn't like, go study this. Go study this and do something about uh, whatever is happening. It wasn't that edge. For economics, I was like, oh, good, money. Okay. You know, <laughs> I go in and I say, okay. Then when I somehow, through the UWC, I think you have different ideas coming and everything. That's when politics started creeping into adding to, into area of interest, you know. Then that's when I was like, okay, I think this is something I should study. Then I came and said, in, international. Uh, I started with international studies and economics. Uh, I was thinking more about economics. I think uh, we had when we were having discussions about going to grad school. I think I was talking about economics, and you're suggesting other things. <laughs> Last time we had a, a discussion, and I was like, "Yeah." Then I settled on political science, anyways. But yeah, so international studies are 
I did international studies and economics for, I think my sophomore year, then I changed. I was like, yeah, I think I liked international studies more because I think I started conceptualizing things and trying to understand and explain it and explain and trying to build my own philosophy about things mm -hmm. in the world. And, you know, like, how do I think? You know, you find people identifying themselves as liberals, you know, people, they are they're conservatives, different ways people identify themselves, realist, idealist. Yeah. And you're like, okay, how do, where do I fit? You change every time, but you start thinking. And, and once you position yourself in a certain category, that's when you start finding ways you explain. And you see how you cannot fit actually in that category, mm -hmm. you discover and you move on and you find another, you know. So it's it's very difficult. I've never settled. <laughs> yeah. I decided settling in one category is very is very is very difficult. Yeah. yeah. And it, so as I I didn't say I lost my interest in, in economics, but I think I I I took philosophy a philosophy class, and I was very interested in uh, uh, which got me interested in philosophy for the first. I wasn't very interested, but I wanted something that could make me think beyond you know what I see, what I read in political. Uh, journals or what I see on TV you know it's like just let's just go to the abstract you know mm -hmm. part of uh, part of the world so that's what so I took I took two classes and it was I think it was uh, fulfill, uh, for, for fulfilling human expression and everything so I liked it then I just said and I find out I found out that I couldn't do two majors in, in a minor mm -hmm. so I had to choose so I I dropped economic as a minor then uh, philosophy as a minor, then my major state is international mm -hmm. studies. Uh, so, yeah, and I think philosophy itself, although people might criticize, hey, what are you going to do with philosophy? <laughs> but it helps you in thinking. I think as I did it and it got me into reading other things, even outside of class, mm -hmm. I think it kind of shapes one's mind to think deeper about things and see how you can build it think it has to help you build your character too because you look at yourself how do people perceive me you know you, you see how sh should i look to people what are morals you start thinking ethics and everything all those things kind of and you started seeing deep it's like phenomenons around the world like a class i took with holy more feminist uh, philosophy I used to say, okay, I'm a feminist. I think I used to say that, but <laughs> the really, meaning of it was not unclear. <laughs> I think it's 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 my background, and it's it's choosing to be saying I'm a feminist. I think uh, it's it's it. I think it's something that came automatic to me in the looking at, I'll say, women in the society. Your, that your life experiences, yeah, too, life right? experience, your personal, yeah, family yeah, personal dynamics, and all that. yeah. You just say, hey. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm this, yes. But you didn't... But why so, is that? Why is that, yeah. <laughs> so I think the, the first time I actually read uh, read about it deeply, I think it was my global political class with you because we have these theories, we had feminist theories mm -hmm. and everything approach. Then I started, I would watch YouTube debates on the issues and lectures and then I decided to take a class. Then I think the class then kind of, it didn't clarify... Well, I won't say I'm clear, no, but it kind of puts some ideas, some ideas there that I could think. Or at least yeah, add some questions. There. Questions to ask, yeah, yeah. yeah. And we had uh, we had liberal feminists. We had we we learned about uh, 
uh, radical feminism we read about neo marxist or social mm-hmm. feminism so all this and i wouldn't say that you i liked everything that was coming mm-hmm. up you know i would say some part of it maybe was divisive as i interpreted it mm-hmm. you know some part of it was just like reinstating the same system but in a different way it's like uh, i felt like some part of uh, like maybe the radicals is like uh, it's like i felt like uh, let's take over as women but i think i will understand why but i'll i'll think critically and say it's like reinsessing the 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 paradigm in different way you know so yeah i think i was i i think i i gravitated more toward liberal feminism yeah and and so you're like a like a middle class white woman in america i i don't know how i can put it i'll say more liberal in a sense that uh in a sense that it 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 looks at integration but from my position i also incorporate my own position into it i'm not as I mean, blind as, as, you know as an african man as an african man you have to create your yeah. own kind yeah. of a, like i would say navigate a certain yeah like ideologies like, and all that yeah yeah like i would say for 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 a white woman in 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 the, in the united states i think i'm also a privileged man back home Mm-hmm. Yeah so I'm a, I'm a privilege in the sense that I mean in a society where I'm accepted uh, there is no kind of prejudice or discrimination maybe what is just economic mm-hmm. kinda but not really social mm-hmm. so sitting there is like how do I think about this I think inter- when you talk about in, in, inter- in, you're trying to integrate people you're talking about gender equality you know uh you t- you're looking at your position rather than one's position. Mm-hmm. You know, you can sell me an idea, I can accept it, but I have to also find a way that I can mold it to yeah. my. It has to it has to reconcile yeah, your reconcile previous it, ideas, uh, right? Ideas. And sometimes my ideas, yeah. you know, lose favor. Yeah. over others. Yeah. yeah, maybe I'm still in the I'm still in the metamorphosis, yeah. you know. Yeah. I might I might change I'll, it. I'll, I'll ask uh, Holly Moore to listen to this uh, <laughs> part of the podcast and see what she you know yeah. if she wants to take back the, whatever grade you got in the class or <laughs> increase that class or, you know, but, I, uh, uh, I sure and sure yeah. and I know <laughs> but anyway yeah, I, I appreciate that I took that that, that class yeah and uh, I know one will say I will gravitate more to maybe neo-Marxist or socialist kind of yeah looking at uh, economic aspect of it and uh, talking about just like classes in a society mm-hmm. uh, saying who is on top and how trying to find out the system if you talk about capitalism i think neo marxist fe- feminism or socialist feminism kind of kind of kind of kind of challenges that is mm-hmm. looking at the oppressed not only social also economically mm-hmm. so the intersection is intersection, very complicated so it's, yeah. it's, 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 it's kind of looking at, at at that yeah one will say yeah that's that's the right option to take but as i said i'm thinking i think maybe i'll start as i am i call myself a rebel but you never see it's 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 a transition and as i call it it's a metamorphosis mm-hmm. as we as we get we encounter different things i think we change our minds yeah. yeah so um so you say you know enjoy this class and this class clearly like challenge your um perceptions and your ideas uh so my question is this like is there one class or one moment you know in uh, luther that really like something that really 
clicked. It's like, oh, you know, that really changed the way I see the world or the way I see myself. Mm. Is that a specific class? I mean, that was one of them, clearly. That was one of them, yeah. Was there another one or a specific moment in a class that was like, oh, you know, I get it. Or not I get it, but, you know, this really changes how I, how I think okay. about the world. Uh, I'll see. Okay, when I got here, I think you get here, like, freshman year, I took a political science class, global politics, and I took, I wasn't really kind of, this is a class I want to take. I just took classes. Mm. And... Honestly, I wasn't aiming high in terms of saying, oh, I want to go this, I want to you know, I want to do this. But as I went on, as a person who tr- tries to read, I usually tell people that I don't dream. I just do what I can do at the moment and I see what is going to come out, out of that. So I was just doing it. Uh, like you say, it's more than, it's more individuals than, than, than classes. Mm-hmm. I think classes gives you a, uh, uh, an idea like of a what you want to do, yeah, right? the discussions. Yeah. But when you start meeting people, they give you different perspective about things. And when you start questioning things, you say, "I'm thinking about this, but how, what do you think about really about it?" Mm-hmm. You know, and you say, "No, but I think you should think it in this way." You're not dismissing my view, but you're actually suggesting something. And it's it's very difficult to pinpoint. I will say that moment because I read, I watch a lot of things online. You know, and I talk to a lot of people, so it's let's like, say, so it, 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 it's kind of meshed into. So probably have like a lot of small moments, it, moments, yeah. moments coming in, yeah. and I say, I will say it's the environment itself that makes you, that mm-hmm. re- may realize it's like you're in this environment and you're you're having this opportunity to have this education. It's exposing to you a lot of things. Mm-hmm. How does your view about the world change? Uh, it's, it's like you start thinking okay I was thinking because I got here I was very I think I was a very defensive student I was like when you talk about my continent and you talk in a very negative way I'll come back at you you know mm-hmm. that was my view because it's like I think I had a duty to do that mm-hmm. but sometimes you tend to realize no we have to accept some negative even if critics they come in different yeah we should accept and, and, and you see you realize and you see once you, you start relaxing I think the frustration goes away you say you know, it's kind of, yeah, it's like, no, actually, this is wrong. It has to be condemned and we should find a way. So it goes, and that's how you go on shaping, shaping your your, 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 your views about politics, how you view, yeah. Because my concern about politics, like as an Amer- as, a, as, an, as a student in America, you look at it, Americans are more concerned about domestic policy. When I'm looking Who's, who's the president to vote for? I, 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 or somebody to vote for. Although I don't have the power, I cannot vote. But I will favor somebody who's going to have a better foreign policy mm-hmm. than... But we don't really get that, you know? It's, uh, I mean, it's part can, of the campaign, but yeah, it's not the yeah, focus. Yeah, the focus. Uh, so Americans might have views and they might ask question, why are you saying this? And that you may give them your views. So those are realization you see when you're doing, you say, oh, I really, okay, this is what I really think about. When I look at the United States, how do I look at it? Okay, maybe my memory took me to 1960, the CIA involvement in the Lumumba's assassination. Uh, okay, I, I I look at back and I'm like, Kwame uh, Nkrumah, also they asked, there was an involvement. And you go back and you look at, in southern america you think of what all coups and you like 
and you that's foreign pol that's all foreign policy and you're like you look at the history so you want somebody who is not going to repeat the, the same things so you gonna you have to listen it's like okay bush comes and uh what bush comes and you said in 2000 is it 2000 yeah mm -hmm. uh 2003 war and now a lot of you can say bush's war plays a part in isis now mm -hmm. Whatever ISIS is doing, and you can say it plays a part. Uh, so you 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 think of a person who will have a different view. You know, I know when Obama came in for for Black Americans, it was, it was a very empowering kind of moment because they 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 saw a figure that presented as a role model who could change. Who could, yeah, and I remember I, I actually watched i was watching the election when i was home i was like sitting on, on tv glued and i was like the last the night of the general election i think i stayed up the whole night because it was a historic moment and i remember seeing on tv jesse jackson i think I was weeping yeah i remember yeah. that moment i yeah. saw yeah he was actually celebrating and i was yeah. like yeah so it was a an empowering moment but the question still comes how is he going to be in foreign mm -hmm. policy? It was, a, it was an important domestic moment, especially no, for Americans. For America, yeah. And of course, I mean, that affects the world. The world yeah. and then, but then, yeah. then your question is more like, more, how yeah. is it going to... Yeah, You yeah. can critique him and say, oh, more drones, <laughs> you know, yeah. than any other president. Yeah. But we can also look at the other way, other, other areas too, I think. Every, every, the, every uh, good thing one does has, has some negative things. And the, for, the foreign policy yeah. implications the unintended mm. consequences of other yeah of certain acts you know uh, yeah. sometimes they're not seen for 10 15 20 15, years right? yeah and you know so and you say every success has its own blemishes yeah mm -hmm. yeah. yeah so 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 it's a process right it wasn't it's, it's like a, just one thing it's that's, one that's the good, one yeah. one thing yeah. but i will say like i've it, it's like even though i've been doing well in school it's like I said, normally I've never had ambitions like, oh, I want to be this, I want to be this. Things happen, you know, but as I as I happen to meet people, they tend to show me directions. I think, I think I've been very fortunate in life meeting people who show me different directions. It's like when I was in Form 1 uh, in, 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 in Swaziland, a teacher just, I was kind of slacking on my grade and the teacher just came and talked to me. It's like, what are you doing? I, I thought you were one of those students that I doing and I had to find to find my path again. And the same thing when I go to the UWC, people were very concerned. They talked to me. And here, not really slacking on my grip, but there are people who are showing me where to go. It's like, oh, you know, uh, I think I'll be restricted by my culture to not mention the people <laughs> because that's how. <laughs> so, but it, 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 I would say, that's what I say. It's more of the people. Mm -hmm. The people really make you think, you know, uh, about, yeah, yeah. So I would say, like, uh, I would say one summer, uh, yeah, I happened to meet somebody. <laughs> I happened to meet somebody telling him about all what I read, books and everything, and suggested a, an idea that I should try research, I should try grad school. I think that was not something in my mind, and I had to think about it a lot. And I think that was a moment of empowerment. That's like, because somebody sees something different in me. Although, not that I limit myself, but I feel like just do things, you know. You have people who are ambitious, but I'm, I'm not one of those people. Well, and also, here. like, not knowing 
not know, even know where to ask. Right? So yeah, I mean, yeah. for me, when I was in grad school, when, when I was in undergrad, it was the same thing. Like, yeah. it was my senior year, and I was like, I really like political science, but I don't know what to do with this. Yeah, so yeah. my my from my advisor at the time said, well, you can go to grad school. Yeah. I didn't even know what that was. Yeah. Right. You know, so it took me another year after graduating to actually yes, go yes, back yes. And, and and adjust myself. Ended up going back to grad school. Yeah. But yeah, so it's uh, yeah, yeah the, to the people definitely definitely better. Yeah. So, so. That, uh, that that that's one of the moments. If I could spot uh, it's from a, mo- a, mo- a moment. Or you yeah. know, at, at least that's that's dictated the next five five to six years of your life at least, right? At least, <laughs> at least, and I see, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like you you do what it, we have to do right now and see what happens in 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 the future. Yeah. I think that keeps me in a comfort zone but yeah. i think it's it's healthy for me yeah. uh, being ambitious sometimes make you so filled with anxiety and <laughs> you know and when things don't go as you might and you start getting stressed so, so do you think part of this you know there's not because i, I want to say it's not having ambition but it's like not being anxious about the future do yeah. you think that's part of you know your trajectory you know having to deal with you know being a refugee moving around uncertainty Every as every aspect of you know your student career has been uncertain to a certain extent. Yes, and right? so yeah, you you yeah. you're not really sure. Yeah, as I used to say when I was in high school, it's like it's like we are wo- wo- working in the in in the dark. You know, just do the best you can do in the dark, and maybe the light will show up somewhere. Mm-hmm. You know, that's how you think. So if you don't do the best in the dark, then when the light comes, you might miss the opportunity. <laughs> that was that that that, that was we operated, and <laughs> lucky for me, that worked worked mm-hmm. well. And, and it, I think it doesn't work for everybody, right? That's it doesn't work yeah. for everybody. And I'll say that's a mechanism. It help. It, it also I think relieves stress to a while. You for for a while because you don't really say want to be this and you just go for it and when things don't happen you might get a nervous breakdown or something like that and you don't want to be in that situation mm-hmm. you have a lot of things to and really i'll say for me what pushed me to to try and work hard it was the situation i'm in you see you find yourself what, what's your future you see people around you they are not they're not uh as in getting as much and being successful you're like what is it what should I do? It's like, let me just try and, and do things. Maybe I'll be somewhere better than these people. And you look at your your your, your, your parents, you see your, your dad, what is earning is not enough. You see your mom is like, he's not earning enough. And I think for my mom, we had a very good relationship because I was happy in the garden and everything. And, and I, I was doing it agriculture in high school. So I could advise her on what to do in terms <laughs> of pesticide and whatever. So that relationship, and I think I had this strong kind of connection with her. And I think I think that's from back home in in, in Rwanda. I used, the, my grandpa also used to like it. So my mom would call me like he, her father. So when she approached, every time she approached me, she calls me the father's name. <laughs> yeah, I think I think that's the connection. Yeah, the connect the connection. So I think yeah we. That connection kept, and I was seeing. I think the motivation came from the fact that I see, see this woman helps me, and she has put a lot in life. And the recalling the time when she actually had to pay that amount of money for my nursing college, mm-hmm. you know, she it was from her pocket, not from my dad's pocket. I was so how she really valued me, and I think those kind of makes you think is like, what am I gonna give this person mm-hmm. at the end of the day, you know? And I think that pushes you and it's like it pushes you to a, to a limit. But at the same time, you're not like, ah, I want to get there. Mm-hmm. You know, you're like, let me try hard. 
at least if I fail, there is always this possibility of failure. I think you put it higher than the success part, but you still move on. Yeah. You still work. So I think it, it is a mechanism I, I kind of build because I saw that if I start dreaming beyond, if I call it dreaming, uh, I, I'll get it. I, I might get myself into a situation where I don't really achieve what, I, what I'm playing because I've seen a lot of people mm-hmm. in the same situation. Crash and burn, right? Yeah. yeah. Like some people sometimes they'll come to me, hey, William, how are you doing? I'll say, I'm surviving. <laughs> and one of the person, <laughs> one, or one of the people was like, that doesn't sound good. I'm like, well, you see, I think if you believe that you survive, you're surviving, I think it relieves the stress out of you because it comes in room. You're like, you're surviving every day. When people are complaining about things, you just look at them. Not that you are weird. You just look at them. It's like, come on, hey, <laughs> just move on. You, you know, you, you, are, yeah. you, you. So I think it, it it help in some way when you accept the circumstances that you are in, and you just say, "I'm surviving." Yes, you can live, you can enjoy life, but in that, in what I call surviving. But at the same time, when uh, this kind of you get kind of things are not happening you really you really don't get this you know uh feeling like this this kind of uh, so so feeling that people might really have it's a you. very optimistic way of being pessimistic yeah i would say it yeah <laughs> i would say that's uh or, or vice versa or is a very optimistic way of being pessimistic or very pessimistic way of being yeah, optimistic i'm yeah, not sure I mean, which one it's, 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 i think it's a philosophy field of uh, a lot of contradiction in it but it works to somehow. It's working for, for you so far, right? So that's, a, that's what matters. Yeah. Right? So, uh, so you're gonna, you know, so you're about to graduate, so you, and you're going to go to, to grad school. You're going to uh, University of Kansas, right, for political science. Uh-huh. Um, so I'm gonna ask you a question, like to end up here, uh, that probably goes against everything that we just talked about this last five minutes. <laughs> so, what do you hope to accomplish? You know, in terms of study, what do you want to learn about? Uh, in your PhD that, you know, they can apply later on in your life in terms of like, you know, what kind of research you want to do and and how you think that's going to affect your life and the lives of others? Uh, I think one of the things is growing up in the camp. And as I was growing up in Swaziland, I met, I had the opportunity of working in camps with HIV positive uh, uh children and orphans and every and you really see the need you see aid impact you see how aid impact can positively impact on people and negatively uh like in terms of the camp in the few years i was there it was good it was you were getting all this fund from the unhcr that's a branch of uh, the un for refugee which kind of focuses on refugees and uh you, after that, funds were coming in, but they're not reaching to people, people who needed the funds. Working with the with the with the with Baylor Clinic and uh, uh, I was uh, Baylor Clinic uh, taking care of uh, uh, HIV uh, positive sh- uh, children and orphans, it helped me see where funds are being effectively used, and in contrast of funds that are not being effectively used. So I know there are a lot of well-intentioned people around the world and they 
they throw money and to people and try to help them. It's it's they feel that they have that obligation, but how does it get to people? And if you talk about aid in the broader sense, it have when you're sending money to Uganda uh, for education. Let me say, you don't really know who you are helping. How is the government going to uh, distribute that money? Is it uh, take some of it and put it in the military because there's a dictator who wants to stay in power? Uh, and you don't really know. And so I, I think as I research, as, as I go into it, may I do my research, I think my aim is find a way that create a, a, a way of helping people, looking at the political aspect, looking at the economic aspect, helping people in a way that is very effective. Because I think politics play a major role because aid sometimes comes because of the relationship between the two countries, you know. Uh, and if it comes that way, it really ignores other aspects, you know. It's like you person the money, the way the money is not going, is not getting to the people. So I think, and sometimes it gets in the in a right way, but how it's distributed, it's tackling problems that is not supposed to be tackling. Mm. People's you know you may see a problem that people don't really see the people you get the money the people and say say oh let me say arts let me say let's improve an art program in a poverty stricken village in, in one african countries you just say you so, want to go yeah, yeah it's not like it's not going to have a positive impact it, but there's better way there better are way, other yeah, yeah. possible uh, avenues to to mm -hmm. use that money opportunities to use that money maybe they might say why didn't you use them for uh pads or tampons for 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 for, pe for for young girls who are not going to schools because uh, they're in this menstrual uh, cycle and everything because of that. So th those are things. So how I think my research will go toward into understanding the political aspect of aid and trying to find a way that we can find a way to help people in a way that is really effective. Uh, and the intention, you don't care about the intention who's giving money, but you care you care about the, how the money the is the, 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 the being, being, being used. So I think researching on in, in how aid can be better implemented in countries, that would be very, I think that would be very helpful. And I have got other interests interest in politics. I, I like to, to, to look at, to, to try to find a way that we can look at world politics and theories, Western theories of politi political theories and how one can try and contextualize them in an African setting. Mm -hmm. That's another way. Uh, interest area. Yeah, uh, that's another interest, in, in interest area. So I think because there is this assumption that the whole world is a, uh, it's, 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 it's one, it's, it's kind of, one thing you know it's 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 it's, it's like uh like one theory can explain everything it can explain right? everything but you're talking about democracy you know what do you think are you talking about one man one vote or you're talking about the american system where you have uh you have delegates you have all these things deciding who's gonna be a nominee or you, you know 
Oh, you have a democracy that who is it Gaddafi, the late Gaddafi once <laughs> suggested, where the public can have a plebiscite on every decision to, yeah. to be taken. Yeah. And you're like, okay, you know, so sounds good in theory. Sounds yeah. good in theory, you know. So those are things that you really want to see is like, how can this fit? And if in Africa itself, then how can it spread all over Africa? People have to have this notion of Africa as one thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, which country is that one? Is, you know? Yeah. So you have Northern Africa, they have a totally different culture, mostly influenced by the Islam culture mm-hmm. and everything. Then you have Sub-Saharan Africa. I think it's it's more traditional than in, coming just from, it's more traditional. You talk about the Bantu speakers moving from areas Cameroon, coming settled in Central, Central Africa, going down into the Southern Africa. So you see that that's that's kind of Bantu. It, it, it's kind of, they share a lot of cultures, but political different too yeah. because you can you can have a lot of social 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 differences mm-hmm. and the way political or the politics also can shape the society in different ways mm-hmm. so those can can differ the economies also can shape society in different ways so the way although we might view the world in similar way but it's not in the same way yeah mm-hmm. yeah Talk about semantics. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nice. yeah. Well, we went we went for a long time here already, yeah. so uh, uh, we could keep going, but I think it's time for both of us to go. <laughs> yeah. Well, thanks a lot, William. Uh, you know, thanks for this. It was great. Um, yeah, and I'll, I'll see you all later. Support for this podcast comes from KWLC Radio and Luther College. It is produced by Dr. Pedro Los Santos and me, Ben Yerke. And this is my last episode. I'm graduating. I'm done with this place. Goodbye. Make some money. Yeah, yeah.